Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. Good morning. We would thank you all for listening, and you're going to have to just listen to my horrible voice. But dude, what happened to you, man? Yesterday I was fine, and then all of a sudden I was talking on the phone with somebody, and as I'm talking, I'm clearing my throat, and it gets worse and worse and worse. It was worse this morning. I could barely talk, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit today. That's not, that's not really true, but I'll talk as, as best I can. So. You're okay. Yeah. So anyway, if you're just listening, welcome to Solid Steps Radio. If you're just joining us or just tuned in and kind of stumbled upon us, we are a show by men, for men, talking about man stuff. We talk about, um, you know, being a husband, being a father, your destiny as a man with God, you know, light stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I'm Chad Russell, the co-host, and that's Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. You doing all right this morning, Kurt? Chad, I'm doing awesome. Doing great. Looking forward to this show. I know it's a fun show. Okay, this is the this uh, we've never had the chance to do this in the, in the time we've been doing. It. If you're just listening, if you want to hear any of our past episodes, uh, you can go to SoundCloud.com. You can go to iTunes, and you can go to Facebook, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll find us. But today's show, we do like our intro, our guest in our room today. I get to do a, a get a, a, an intro to our guest that you know you just don't get to do very often. Okay, yeah, yeah. so bear with me. Ready? Here, you ready? Go. Chris Burke just purchased the ticket to St. Louis. Look at the mod, unbelievable. So, how often do we get to introduce Chris Burke through the Major League Baseball? You know, doing it play by play. I mean, I was thinking, I thought about it this morning. How many kids in the world right now are saying, "I want to be at bat and hit a home run"? Is that to get to the World Series, Chris? No, but you, you, you can say that if you'd like. Don't let the <laughs> Let's go for it. Get in the way of a good story. I, it's funny thing about that game. It was so long, and the playoff structure has changed enough through the years that really nobody ever gets it right. So I just I've learned through the years to just kind of roll <laughs> with however anybody introduces it. But <laughs> it was the first round of the playoffs, which is to get to the championship series. So that was the NLDS okay. National League Division Series, and that closed out the Braves. Okay. To get us to the Cardinals. Which, when we beat the Cardinals, that got us to the World Series. Now, was so, that the 18th that, inning? That was the 18th inning. But see, it was a day game. So the game started at noon central. So that, that home run was actually at 6 central, which is 7 eastern. But you don't know how many people have come up to me and told me that they were staying up all night to watch it. And, you know, <laughs> well, they were watching the was it, the 14th inning, and you hit it off John Smoltz. And I mean, <laughs> none of it's right. But I, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. yes. So that was, was that the longest Major League Baseball playoff game ever? 18 Well, here's the, here's the funny thing. So somebody, the, the Nationals and the Giants, I believe it was two years ago, actually played 18 full. Oh. Okay. And I hit that in the bottom of the 18th. Okay. So we didn't actually. So the so the Brandon Belt hit a home run in the top of the 18th to give the Giants the lead, but the Nationals were at home. So the Giants had got three outs to finish 18 innings. So I believe they now have the record for the longest playoff game, I believe. But his home run didn't end the game. It was in the top of the inning. You're, you're so dead. I still get to. I, th- I think I still have the record for ending the <laughs> longest playoff game, but we're getting into technicality. You're so. a major league baseball stat, an answer to a stat. We don't yeah. get that on our. I got a few else. bad stats that I'm answer to too, but we don't need to get into those. So in case today. you missed it, Chris Burke is on our, is on our show today. Former major Thank league you baseball player. Me. Yeah. So it's great to have you, brother. Appreciate that. It's an honor to be here. But I got two much more important guys here with me. So. Yeah. Going down the line, the next guy. I, I got to be honest, Jay. I got on YouTube and Googled your name. I saw no highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I got no highlights, bro. That's not a surprise. <laughs> Jay Dorch, who uh, is in that, uh, played, I say that jokingly, you played for University of Kentucky football teams, is that right? That is correct. Uh, back when uh, Jerry Clayton was a coach. 
And it, was that the late 80s, mid 80s? Yeah, 1988 was my last season. Um, Jerry Bell. Jerry Bell. Did he was, play for them? He did. He was my summertime roommate. Okay. Where did he go to high school? DeSales. Okay, because I went to DeSales my freshman year. Yeah. And he was ahead of me, obviously, but he was a man. He, he was, was a man among boys, wasn't he? He was a man's man. Yikes. So what position did you play? Outside linebacker. Okay. You were the team captain too, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's cool. He yeah. had the honor of playing on the team that last beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Oh. Most, most Kentucky fans weren't alive then, but <laughs> played linebacker on that team. Would you really? like to tell that story? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right ahead, man. I it's can't find it. I don't even know if they had video back then. I don't know if we'll ever live to see that yeah. again, but Jay was on the field. Wow. And I'm sure recorded some I cannot believe you're <laughs> going here on Yikes. radio. Oh, well. I went to Tennessee, by the way, in case you yeah. You did go to UT? Yeah, yeah. My UK wife and her family. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. option. No. <laughs> And then we got uh, down there at the end. We, we got we got a men's pastor. Oh man, we got two of them in the room. You and him, I which know, is really that is scary. I got two division one. I got two elite athletes, and then I got two pastors in the room. And then there's me. <laughs> that that sounded Ron, like a got, big compliment. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know, Ronnie. It's and just, then there's you. It's just, it's just, <laughs> That's the voice you, of Ronnie Cordray, of men's pastor over at Southeast Christian. There, so uh, welcome, Ronnie. Yeah, it's great to have you, Ronnie. Yeah, come on, come. On. It's it's just good to have you here, man. Um, you, you played T-ball, didn't you? <laughs> yes. He was on the Beachmont All-Star team, right? I'm coaching my son's three- and four-year-old T-ball team this year, and parents are like, where's the coach? <laughs> That's you a got hype. practice tonight, Ronnie. You guys got practice tonight? We do, too. Oh, man. Huh? Our team's ready. You got a practice plan ready? So, so hey, uh, so, so, Ronnie, we'll start out with you. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, my wife, Tish the Dish, and I've been married 16 years, June 24th. Have three kids. Elle is 10, Grayson is three and a half, and Kinsley's seven. Mm. My urologist says we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nice to know. Okay, awesome. And, and t- you've been married, uh, you say, 16 years? 16 years, June 24th. She has put up with you for 16 years. Yes. Yes. Love it. There's going to be some serious rewards and crowns in her heavenly reward. Yes. Yes. Okay, Jay, tell us about, uh, you got, you've been married to Cheryl for how long? Almost 23 years. 23 years. Yeah. Uh, kiddos, talk about your kids real yeah, quick. Yeah, my son Logan's a uh, sophomore at UK, and then my daughter is a junior at Christian Academy, Laurel. Mm. And, uh, uh, let's see. You, he's a what in you, at UK? He's a sophomore. Sophomore. And what's he studying? Finance and accounting. Just like his daddy. Yeah. Uh, he's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> Thank goodness. He's got you get his, that from his wife. Yeah, he's got yeah, yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, hallelujah, Cheryl came along and <laughs> just helped you along. That's right. Oh, man. Okay, Chris, what about you, man? Tell us about your family. I'm married to Sarah. Uh, guys, and we've been married long? 12 years. We have four kids. Sydney's eight, Jackson's six, Eli's three, and Lucas is eight months. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife has put up with me for we've been we're high school sweethearts, so we've been together for eighteen years. She traveled when you when you're traveling all around. Does she try to hit all the games, or how's that work as a wife? Uh, no, she. You know, my wife. I'm I'm so proud of her. I think I tell our kids they don't even have a clue. She's so much more accomplished uh, than me um, in in her field. She 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 went to she was she never made a B. She, she she went you, to U of Law. You didn't either. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side yeah, of that, right? She went to exactly. U of Law, finished fifth in her class, passed the bar, and all that while I was playing. So she, we were kind of in and out oh, for, wow. for a while. And then we had a, a period of time where, where she was finally with me, and then we decided to get pregnant. And so 
Um, actually, she got pregnant. I didn't, but uh, <laughs> I, I had participated in the event. And um, she uh, then we, we started having babies. And uh, that was a big reason why I actually ended up hanging it up. It was just kind of getting the, the, the lifestyle. My career had gone sideways, and I started to kind of turn into a nomad. And that didn't really line up too much with being a dad. So mm. um, some guys have done it and pulled it off very well. I was just feeling called to, to come home. And so... Uh, I retired in 2010 at, at a pretty young age for a baseball player at 30 years old, and uh, we've been raising babies ever since. Mm. The highest calling, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh, what it means to be a man, and what you know. How do we how do we live the Christian faith, and specifically, how do we do it with other guys? Uh, Chad, you had a statistic. You we going to share um, which one about the the pastors? Yes. Okay. So if you if you're familiar with Howard Hendricks, he was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary for like 113 years, like literally <laughs> 70 years or something mm. like that, something crazy. And is he did a study of 246 men who were in full time ministry, and they all experienced a moral failure within two year time frame. So these are 246 men who uh, had who were pastors <clears throat> who were pastors who had an affair. Okay, basically is what their moral failure was. And he said they all were believers in Jesus, followed Christ, full-time ministry guys. And he said all four of these men, excuse me, all 246 of these men had four common characteristics of their lives. At the time, they had these moral failures. And there was four things, but the one thing, the number one thing is none of the men were involved in any kind of real personal accountability. Hmm. The other three are, each of these men had all ceased to having a daily time of prayer, Bible reading, and worship. Uh, over 80% of the men were sexually involved with other women who they had spent a significant time with, often in counseling situations. And number four, without exception, each of the 246 had been convinced that this sort of thing would never happen to me. Could not happen mm-hmm. to me. Though All 246 men had those four things in common. And I think the number one thing at the top of the list, which we're going to kind of hit on, is about having other men in your life doing a kind of a council of men we got two athletes here professional and, and uh, college uh, division one athlete in the past so they understand the as- aspect of team whether you're in business or anything else you may understand the, the idea of a council like a board of directors kind of thing so yes. we're going to talk about how we as men need a team or a board of directors in our life and we're going to talk about how do we how do we get that and then how do we live in that kind of community because god has called us to, to, to live in community. We're going to have to take a break here. Um, take a break, and uh, we'll come back with Chris, Jay, Ronnie, myself, and Kurt. We're going to talk about having a fellowship of men, a council of men. So uh, we'll be back here shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, co-host along here with Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And if you're just joining us, we are talking to Chris Burke, Jay Dorch, and Ron Cordray, and we're talking about the importance of uh, having men in our life, kind of having a council of men in our life to help us walk through it. And before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsors, l and Credit Union, who has stepped up to the plate to uh, financially support our show. We thank them very much for any of your financial needs. Please look to l and And uh, Carol Rogers, Carpet One, uh, if you have any flooring needs, then we would love for you to guys uh, to go knock on their door and give them a call and uh, look up Ken Martin and his crew. And uh, if you have any flooring needs, mention Solid <laughs> Steps Radio. So, Kurt? Yeah, you know, we, we, we're talking about how do we need each other as men. And I, I we just go back to the life of Jesus. I mean, I, Jesus is our model. Jesus is our, our example. And it's amazing how he surrounded himself with 
uh, you know, first of all, Peter, James, and John, his closest three, and then the 12. And, I mean, he knew that he needed, you know, so to speak, a board of directors. And not that he needed them for counsel, but he knew that he needed to surround himself with men that when eventually when he would leave this earth, they could continue on with the ministry. And, you know, how we as, as men today, we need each other. We, we need uh, – I also think about the Old Testament, how David – you know, King David surrounded himself with 30, his 30 mighty warriors. He knew, I cannot do this alone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, guys, you know, Chris and Jay, specifically in, in the world of athletics, um, when did you really come to realize how important it was to have a team? I mean, obviously, you're on a team, but, but there's, there's people who have a team but they, they they play so individualistic. When did, when did, when did it dawn upon you? How I, I I need these guys. Yeah, for me, for an athletic standpoint, it was uh, in little league, and we went out there, and our coach was just a, a master of putting people together and and making them become team players. And I can remember uh, I was the quarterback, believe it or not, Chris, and and. Uh, uh, I was out there for myself, and I was showboating, and I was, and he basically benched me mm. and said, "You're not going to be on the field unless you're going to play for your teammates." Mm. And uh, it was then mm. sitting on the sideline for several games, actually, as I learned that it was I, I had to play for my teammates and not for me. And so, Coach Pruitt really uh, impressioned me how important it was on the field to play for my my teammates and my brothers. Wow. Wow, that's good. It took some guts to bench you, but the lesson stuck with you. There's no question about it. And, and it, 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 it moved into my life outside of the, the football field um, pretty quick. I was fortunate to have a lot of friends and deep relationships. But what I didn't realize for many years was they, they weren't godly relationships. They weren't godly men in my life. My lives and and where I had that deep relationship and we talked a, a lot about life, it wasn't about it wasn't about uh, our faith and and uh, how we can further God's kingdom. And we're gonna we're gonna d- dig into that a little bit more because that is ultimately what we're after. It's not just a bunch of guys getting together and hanging out with a bunch of men. Um, Chris, what about you? When when did you realize that you really in, in the athletic world it wasn't about you, it was about the team and how. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out, Kurt. but no, I, I think I think uh, that's the beautiful thing about sports. You know, as I raise my four kids, I got a daughter who's not really athletically inclined. She can kind of take it or leave it, but we're tra- really trying to encourage her to get involved for no other reason than the team mm-hmm. elements of it, the toughness issues, learning how to be coachable, learning how to get along with different types of personalities. Those types of things are just so valuable in the culture of team sports and obviously there's some individual sports that I think you can learn a lot of things about mental toughness and how to handle pressure and those types of things I think they're all very valuable but uh, certainly for me as an athlete I was able to develop team concepts and I was fortunate to be challenged to lead um, along the way and so I started to learn some things about um, taking the responsibility of trying to bring guys along and maybe it's a work ethic standpoint or maybe how to how to handle things in the weight room or socially how to handle yourself off the field so i think coaches uh, i was fortunate to be raised by parents teachers my dad was a coach and so they they gave me some tools to lead and then i was challenged by coaches to kind of put those those tools into practice um and then i was really fortunate as a young athlete especially in professional sports to be 
discipled by and loved on by men older than me who were uh, ahead of me in their careers. Um, and now I'm transferring more into the faith element of it. But guys like Andy Pettit, Lance Berkman, superstar players, world-renowned athletes who love Jesus and love their wives and, and trying to raise their kids God's way. And I and the one thing about baseball that can be good or bad is you do you literally do life with people. I mean, it's eight months every single day. We're not like these football players that play one game a week. You know, we play <laughs> baseball every day yes. for eight months. Eight months, and it is a game that is full of failure. That's all it is, and it's a really unconventional lifestyle. You know, usually not at the field till two or three o'clock. You're there till ten, and um, so it can be unhealthy. But I, God, really put some men, even in the minor leagues, but in the major leagues early in my major league career, that showed me how to do it God's way, or at least tried to help me learn that. Bible studies on the road. I mean, stuff that I realized once I went to other organizations that was very uncommon. So um, the, just the concept of doing life with other men, I was blessed to learn that in my early 20s, and I'm trying to continue that as I now transfer into my 30s and 40s. That's awesome. Um, Ronnie, when you, know, when you think, you, you became a preacher how long ago? 20, 25 years ago-ish. You're really old, yeah. <laughs> dude. And I still got hair. <laughs> I know. Ooh. Wow, that was a dick. That was, you know, Man. you got Jay, Jay and I. I are was here just is... saying I have hair. It's radio. People can't can't see what I look like. Jay and Kurt have heads for radio. We have serious heads for radio. Yes, There's Jay and I are follically challenged. Okay, um, hey Ronnie, t- talk about talk about you because even even pastors, preachers can go into ministry and and can live like an island mm-hmm. and, and god did not create us to be an island yeah so i'm i i take after my mom who's a relationally driven person so relationships are are a easy conversation for me however i grew up minister's kid and my dad if you know dad's supposed to do 10 things right he did nine and a half with flying colors i remember when i was young him him telling me that when he was in seminary he was actually taught. Now, some of this maybe was a generational difference, but it, it was still ridiculous thought to me. Even as a kid, he was he was taught that you can't have friends in the church hmm. as a minister. And I remember thinking ministry is hard enough without adding loneliness and isolation to it. No and kidding. I just see so many ministers, you know, that are, you know, 60s and their 70s that that still struggle with friendship today. And I just remember thinking that that makes no sense to hmm. me. And um, I'm grateful that I've had some different men over the years invest in me, um, men who have taught me the value of really having conversations that matter and really peeling beneath the surface because that's that's what's helpful. Ronnie, talk talk to the listener right now, the guy who struggles relating with other guys, at, at least on a uh, maybe not on, on news weather sports level, but on on a deeper level. Um, he, he just doesn't want to go there. Talk to him for just a couple minutes. Well, I believe there's two things. There's probably more than this. I'm only smart enough to know two, but we all need encouragement and accountability to grow and to be healthy. Um, now, that's not a surefire fix, but if we're truly pursuing encouragement and accountability, God can do a lot of stuff with that. I, I meet with a lot of dudes uh, in what I do, and I'm blessed to do that. And one common theme I come across is most guys and i'm talking even guys that hang out with guys a lot or with guys a lot Mm -hmm. at the end of the day guys that they would say yeah this is my good friend on paper look a lot like friendly acquaintances Mm -hmm. uh, because they never get past the news weather easy stuff um and i you know i believe the enemy's 
one of, if not the most powerful tool against Christian men is isolation. Because in isolation, all kinds of stuff breeds because it's in the darkness. Yes. Um, so if you're if that's you, if you're in your car listening today, uh, that is a lie the enemy is using to win against you. Yeah, because we we will be defeated. Yeah. If we're alone, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. The Bible says the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. Mm. And, and when you think about how lions operate, who do they go after? Defenseless. Absolutely. Th- those who are isolated. I mean, th- th- those who are, uh, you know, staying behind. They're not with the, the closer. What you were going to say, uh, Jay, comment on that? No, I just I feel like that men just really struggle being honest and transparent. They're afraid to let people know exactly where they are. Um, and I... I you know, for, for so many years, uh, I, I was that guy. You know, I, I portrayed this this uh, persona of who I was, and I was not willing to actually go there with other men and, and be transparent and just let people know, here I am. Here's here's all my flaws, and help me. Hmm. Uh, come come walk alongside me and help me. Why do we struggle with with? Being vulnerable, being pride. being transparent, it, it is it is pride, mm-hmm. and there's this there's there's this uh, self protection, uh, because here's the deal: all of us are broken, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we we all prayed before Burke we Burke more than others. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a little bit more broken than the rest of us, but um, <laughs> you know, our our pride and our ego get in the way of us of us really being transparent and vulnerable. And we're going to talk about that um, in the next segment. Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start breaking down a little bit more, talking to these guys, because they're very involved with other men being in groups of men. And we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between being in a Bible study and having accountability Hmm. and what that really means. Because a lot of times we have church definitions, world definitions, but then there's God's definitions. And sometimes, obviously, those things, you know, are, are two, two things becoming one. But the truth is, We're going to talk about what it means to have accountability, friendships, fellowship, talking with other men, sharing your heart, and really having uh, the relationships with other guys that God created us to do. So we're going to have to take a break now on Solid Steps Radio. We'll be back shortly. Thanks for listening. 